All right, I'm going to speak to you on something that's bothering America. The reason for the coronavirus is false doctrine. That's what it is. It's come from God. It doesn't matter who started it. There's people out there saying, well, it was a conspiracy. Even if it was, God's working in the minds of evil men to bring this about. The Bible says in Psalms, the 17th chapter, Psalm 17, David said, Deliver me from the wicked, which is thy sword and thy hand. God raises up wicked men to cut us down. There are four judgments in the Bible. There's the sword, the famine, the pestilence. You say, Jim, I've never noticed that. Uh, well, it's because you hadn't read the Old Testament. And the beast. All the time Israel was a nation, God said, if you're not obedient to my words, obey my words, I'm going to send these four judgments. The first thing I'll do is send the sword, the famine, and the pestilence over and over and over again. God did that to Israel when he would send the enemy, they would come in like Ben-Hadad would come in. He was, the, uh, he was the Syrian king. Ben-Hadad would come and attack Israel. Now, the Syrians were just northeast. If this were Israel here... And then right above that is Lebanon. Right next door to Lebanon is Syria. And Ben-Hadad would come in and attack Israel constantly. And he would surround their cities where they couldn't get any food for six or eight weeks. And then famine would set in. Their children would die. And they would start killing, well, they didn't have to kill their children. They would die of starvation. Then they would start eating them like they did in Second Kings, the sixth chapter. And like they did in Jeremiah, the Jeremiah, the 19th chapter. And like Isaiah, the 30th chapter, when the Bible says God kindled, kindled the fire of Tophet. That's where they would offer their children in the fire. Just southeast of Jerusalem was Tophet. Tophet. And they would offer their children in the fire. And when they would be starving because of the sword that was against them, they started eating their children. I had a lady come in here one time. She said, I never heard that Israel ate their children. All you have to do is look up 
those chapters and many other chapters when they would cause their children to pass through the fire they would burn them one of the interesting things about Tophet that was southeast of Jerusalem in the valley of Hinnom or Gehenna where they kept the fires burning all the time that's another name for hell and Tophet comes from the word Toph Toph means drum they drummed the drums real loud. They wanted to drown out the cries of their children as they were dying in the fires because that bothered them. But they were offering their children to Moloch, the sun god, or Molech, or Milcom, or Malcolm. He had many names. That was the sun god of Jordan, what we call Jordan, or the land of Ammon back in the Old Testament, A-M-M-O-N. They worshipped as Moloch, and Israel had adopted that one of their sun gods. That was a false doctrine they were involved in. Is America involved in false doctrine today? I guess they are, particularly with the Baptist, with the Charismatics. The Charismatics are crazy. You can give them definition, and they don't even care. You can tell them that the word tongue tongue in the New Testament is the word glossa and dialectos that's the two words that have been translated tongue well these charismatics and Pentecostals say they speak in tongues you either got to be speaking in glossa which means foreign language or you got to be speaking in a dialect of the common street, Corne. Corne means common, and they had a common street language in every city state across the world. So, the you can also go to the Charismatics and they talk about faith healing. There's no such thing as faith healing. If there was, why is it they don't? recruit some of these people uh, that are charismatics and get Benny Hinn or Kenneth Copeland or, or that lame brain down in uh, New Orleans. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Duplantis. Duplantis. Jesse Duplantis. Jesse Duplantis said when Katrina headed towards his church in Metairie, Louisiana, that he got outside and commanded the 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 Katrina to go another direction. That guy's just not an outlier. If he gets this coronavirus, I want him to command it to go away. Why don't they get a whole bunch of those charismatics, get them together in one spot, and pray that this coronavirus will be healed? They can't heal people. I keep saying this. This is the false doctrine in America that's bringing the sword, the famine, and the pestilence. It is the judgment of God. Anywhere you find... God told Israel, all you have to do is obey me over there in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. This is what God says. 28th chapter and verse 1. It shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken. Now this is the book of Deuteronomy. This is where, right before they crossed the Jordan River, this is at the end of the 40 years. The 40 years 
was a judgment against Israel for all those that cried against God and did not believe that God could be their savior as they were supposed to go in and attack the Anakims, which is which is the same thing as the Gaza Strip or the land of the Philistines. And when they said, we can't conquer them, God says, I'm going to give you 40 years a day for every year, a year for every day that you were in there spying out the land for 40 days. And I'm going to kill off all the unbelief in Israel. So when you get to Deuteronomy, the Israel is cleaned up basically of unbelief. They had a lot of unbelievers that went into the wilderness. And, and let me finish reading this. If you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings, now the charismatic says, see, you get all these blessings. You only get the blessings if you're obedient to God's word, not if you're preaching these lies. Faith healing is not true. When Jesus said, thy faith has made thee whole, every time, the word whole is the word sozo, S-O-Z-O. It is false doctrine to teach faith healing. It's not true. If they believe this, why don't they go lay hands upon all the people that have got the coronavirus and say, be healed? That is foolish. The greatest faith healer in the last, and I, he wasn't a faith healer, he was a liar, is Oral Roberts. And the guy got pneumonia and died. Now, how can the most famous faith healer in the world die of pneumonia? Why don't he just have Jesse Duplantis lay his hands on him? Or, or one of those other people, one of those other so-called faith healers, Benny Hinn, or Creflo Dollar, or Fred Price, they could all get together and gang up on these diseases, on the coronavirus, and heal them, or gang up on that up on that uh, uh, thing that was striking Oral Roberts down. The most famous of all the faith healers, he wasn't famous by name, he was famous by the doctrine he propagated, was Kenneth Hagin. He brought this positive confession movement to America, and he got it from the Far East, where they teach that positive words can come out of your mouth, and it'll create your own world. That is insane. He brought it to America. Uh, a man named E.W. Kenyon brought it to America, and Hagen stole it from him put it in the church, said all you have to do is take some of these words and twist them all to pieces. That's the reason for the coronavirus. God says, I've had my fill. So he said, I'll bring, now let's continue to read here. Why is it Jan Crouch, the purple-haired woman, died of a stroke and heart disease? Why is it her husband, Paul Crouch, died of congestive heart failure. Why is it these famous faith healers die? Because they can't be healed by faith. When you get to be 85 or 90, you'll notice every one of them dies of old age. 
Uh, Oral Roberts lived longer than most of them, but he still died. When you die of old age, there's no such thing in medical books as old age. You don't really open up a uh, index and says old age at the end of back of it, page 346. You know, old age, he died of old age. Well, did he have a disease? No, it just was old age. Old age is a disease. One of your systems deteriorates and gives out. Why can't they be healed? Because it's not true. Everybody's dying. When you're born from your mother's womb, you're born dying. Proof of that is these wrinkles, is this gray hair. If you could heal somebody, the gray hair should go away and turn black. And all these wrinkles should disappear. And you should be able to pray for an 80-year-old man like me. And all of a sudden, I look like I'm 20 again. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's crazy. All this false doctrine is what's called the coronavirus because it is called, it is pestilence. It is disease. That's what it is. Isn't coronavirus a disease? Isn't heart failure a disease? Isn't pulmonary respiratory failure that I have isn't that a disease? Certainly it is. And you'll die of one of these if you live long enough until you die. Let's keep reading here in the 28th chapter. If you observe and do all his commandments which I commanded this day, the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee. Here's the blessings. And they say to get these without the cursings. But it's all due to obedience. You're not obeying God when you're lying about his word. And overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. And blessed shalt thou be in the field. And blessed shalt be the fruit of thy body. And the fruit of thy ground. The bodies of the women are not being blessed today. They're killing them off in the womb due to legalized abortion. I'm not on an abortion kick, but it's just another way of twisting the word of God. In the 21st chapter of Leviticus, if two men were wrestling and a woman was pregnant close by and they happened to bump into her and cause her to have a miscarriage, the penalty was eye for eye, tooth for tooth, foot for foot, burning for burning. Whatever happened, if there was mischief, that means the death of the baby, then the man that bumped into her had to die. Now, if accidental abortion was against the law of God in the Old Testament, you think he's going to put his approval on twisting his word and preaching false doctrine, he's going to bring coronavirus and the sword. Where's the sword? Oh, how about war? How about ISIS? And how about all those, the Al-Qaeda and Hamas and all of those terrorist groups over in, in across the world? Did you know we've got about 50 
big major wars going on in the world today that's the sword the famine and the pestilence is a shortage of food do we have that do we have all of these things going on you bet your life we do what that means we're close to the end of time the coronavirus is a message from God that he's coming before long Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Boy, the charismatics love this. But they're not preaching truth. They're lying about tongues, faith healing. Uh, calling things that be not as though they were that's idiocy what they say calling something that was not was something that was dead God quickens the dead not man God quickens the dead there in the fourth chapter of Romans in the 17th verse and calls things that be not as though they were Calling something was not was taking a man out of a deadness and making him alive. Because the next verse tells you that, verse 18. Abraham considered not his own body, now dead. He was 99 when God promised him a son. And he never had one. God didn't count. He did not count Ishmael as a son. He said only he said, you'll have a son, it'll come out of your own loins, and it won't be a son of this Eliezer, this Syrian, who is a faithful man in your house, but it'll be your son there in Genesis, the 15th chapter. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face, and they shall come out against thee one way, and they'll flee seven ways. This is all if you obey the commandments of God. The charismatics and the Baptists are not doing that. They got all this free will. The Baptists are just as guilty. The Baptists have propagated, accept Christ as your personal Savior. And that's not true. As the method of salvation, they have propagated. I get against these false doctrines. They have propagated the sinner's prayer for salvation. And they use, I travel in Baptist churches all over America. I know exactly what they believe. My father was an independent Baptist. And I know what they believe. I know what they think. I know exactly what they think. All the Baptists preach accept Christ and sinner's prayer for salvation. None of that's true. They, the favorite verse of the Baptist in America is Romans ten thirteen, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All you got to do, get some guy down at an altar. Don't matter if he's a drug head or if he's a, a, a cyclist and he rides with the hell's angels. It don't matter. Just get him down to the altar and say, pray this prayer and you'll be saved. That's foolishness. When the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, Romans ten thirteen. Listen to me. That is not the method of salvation. You will call once you believe. The next verse, verse 14, 10, 14 says, How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? 
Belief is the method of salvation, not prayer. You won't. It's ridiculous to me. Why would you start praying to a God you don't believe in? Remember, belief and faith are the basic of the same word. Believe is the verb form of faith, the noun. Faith is the word P-I-S-T-I-S. That's faith. P-I-S-T-E-U-O is the word believe. P-I-S-T is the stem of the word. Everything is built on the stem. The word endings are changed depending on the character of the word. Faith is the noun. Believe is the verb. It's believe. The Lord, Paul told the Philippian jailer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He didn't say, would you like to pray this prayer and believe it with all your heart and mean it? And you can't accept Christ when you're dead. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. That word receiveth, decomai, Decomai is the word receiveth, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the E-C-H-O-M-A-I. Decomai means, it comes from the word deck, that's the word 10 in the Greek. A decade is 10 years. Decalogue is 10 logos commandments. This word decomai means to reach out the ten fingers and accept an offer that's been given. The Bible says the natural man, the sukikos man, P-S-U-C-H-I-K-O-S, does not accept spiritual things. He's dead. So accept Christ as your personal Savior and sinner's prayer, which has been the Baptist favorite doctrine across America. Do you know, I won't say this to you. That was the most confusing thing to me when I was a kid. Accept Christ. I kept trying to figure out how do you do that. I'm willing to do it. The fact that I was willing to do it meant I had already done it. When my father started preaching in 1949, I was already praying to Jesus two and three and four years before that when I was a little bitty kid, seven, eight years old. I was praying, Jesus, I love you. I want to come to heaven to be with you. I wouldn't have been calling on him if I didn't believe in him. But my father started preaching in 1949, and I was 10 years old. He started setting up tents saying, you got to accept Christ. you got to pray this prayer. I was never so confused in my life. I thought I believed in Jesus. I did. Had to grow up, study the Bible, and find out my father wasn't telling me the truth. He didn't tell the truth. I don't know what happened to him when he died. He died in 1999. He didn't know anything about the Bible because he said that. If you say, accept Christ and sinner's prayer is the way to salvation, you don't know nothing about the Word of God. Now, let me keep reading this. This is one of my favorite sets of verses in the Bible. And the Charismatics never say, you get all this blessing if you're obedient to the Word of God, and they're completely disobedient with their faith healing, with their calling things that be not as though they were, and Abraham considered not his own body now dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. 
unbelief is the word apistus. A-P-I-S-T. No faith. He didn't stagger at God's promises. The word stagger, diacrino, means to become, it means to discriminate and become the method of judging. But he didn't do that. Now let's keep reading here. You'll be blessed. And they never get to the second half of this chapter. Charismatics never go to the 15th verse where it says, if you don't believe God, here's what's going to happen. If you don't, if you're not obedient to his word, and he begins to name the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the beast under different phrasing. Listen to this. But it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. If you don't hearken, the word hearken, by the way, is the same word as obey. In the Old Testament, shama. Shama is the same word here. Obey. Hearken. It's all of those words, same word, shama. If you will not obey God, that's what he's saying. It don't just means to hear with the ear. If you're not hearkening to the voice of the Lord our God to observe and do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses, you never hear that from the charismatics, and they are not obedient to God when they change the meaning of his words. The Baptists are not obedient when they talk about accept Christ, pray this prayer, and you're home free. I've heard of people, heard about a guy that was a bike rider, just, just hell-bent for the leather, just constantly every day riding with biker gangs. And he ran into something and killed him and and he was in his 30s, and he had been on drugs and drinking and all this. Somebody said at his funeral, well, he got saved when he was eight. No, he did not. God knows how to keep his people. He that hath begun a good work in you will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. Let me get back to this. Here's where you'll be cursed. He says, all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. They'll just drown you. All these curses, and including in the curses is the four judgments of God, the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and the beast. And the Bible says God will bring them upon you when you're not obedient to him. That's where the coronavirus comes from. Cursed shalt thou be in the city. Cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shalt thou be thy basket and thy store. Your storehouses will be empty. The basket will be cursed when you go out to gather from the field. Haggai said, you'll go out and gather much and you'll bring in little. Cursed shall the fruit of thy body. When you have a baby, it'll be born, stillborn, dead. And the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep will be cursed. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. And verse 20 says, 
these curses will come from God. And it'll include the coronavirus. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, rebuke. He'll rebuke you. And all that thou settlest thy hand unto for to do until you are destroyed, Israel, people of God. And until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings, what you do. These charismatics say God wants everybody rich. That is insane. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Poor, tokos, means emptied out. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of God. When you oppress the poor, Moses said, if you oppress the poor with your words, he said, and they cry unto me, I'll hear their cry, I'll kill you with the sword, with the famine, and with the pestilence. Boy, you think God's not mad at the world? This is God's judgment. The coronavirus is the judgment of God. And the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto you. The Lord shall make, let me put it this way. The Lord shall make coronavirus cleave unto you until he has consumed thee from off the land. The coronavirus is throughout the land, isn't it? It's everywhere. The coronavirus didn't come from anywhere but God. It's his judgment. Whither thou goest to possess it, the Lord shall smite thee with consumption. That's a disease. Benny Hinn says God won't make anybody sick. It is an ignoramus. Therefore will I make thee sick in smiting thee because of thy sins. Micah 6.13 With consumption, with fever, you get a high fever with coronavirus. With inflammation, with extreme burning, with the sword. God puts, you see that extreme burning and the fields being cursed, that's famine. And with this, the Lord smiting thee with consumption, with fever, that's pestilence. And with inflammation. Did you know that every sickness is due to inflammation? When you have chronic bronchial asthma, your bronchial tubes get inflamed. If you can get them down, that's why they give you cortisone or prednisone. So it'll reduce inflammation. When you have heart disease, like I've had, and I still have, and I have to stay under a doctor's treatment. You know why I've got all these diseases? Because for years, I was living against God, trying to fulfill my own personal desires, and at the same time, trying to serve God. I was straddling the fence until God struck me down. Now all I'm trying to do is serve the Lord. With extreme burning, with the sword, with blasting, and with mildew. Too much rain, I'll destroy your crops. And they shall pursue thee until thou perish. 
and the heaven that is over thy head shall be brass. There'll be no rain just like Elijah told King Ahab in that 17th chapter of 1 Kings. No rain for three and a half years. I'm gone, he said, and he hid in a cave for two and a half years. And the earth that is under thee shall be iron. Well, when you go out to West Texas, where my grandfather's farm was, and when you have a real bad season, and and it's it's just dry out there, no rain. That ground where there was mud, it'll just cake up and big, big little creases and it's so hard you can't break it stomping on it that's what he's saying you can't grow any crops when I cut off the rain that's famine the coronavirus has caused the stores to sell out everything and people are standing in lines the big item is toilet paper did you know that People are standing in line for hours waiting for a big a big package of toilet paper and paper towels. And what that is, that's famine. It's on the way, folks. That's the purpose of the coronavirus. And the Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder. That's all the rain you'll get. What is this all for? The disobedience to God's word. I don't know why he just don't drop a bomb on this whole place and blow it up because the preachers are lying. The problem is not. It's not abortion. It's not homosexuality or lesbianism. It's not heavy metal. And it's not rap. The problem is coming from the pulpits because the preachers are not telling the truth. That's where coronavirus comes from. It's the judgment of God. Pestilence. And from heaven it shall come down upon thee until Israel is destroyed. This is not talking to pagans. It's talking to Israel. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. That goes completely against verse 7 earlier in the chapter. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face, and they shall come against thee one way and flee seven ways. And he says, The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them, and flee seven ways before them. And notice this last sentence. This is a phrase that equates with two things in the scripture. This next phrase equates with the beast and with the word scatter. God brought in the beast, which was Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome. That was the last judgment. Babylon carries Israel into captivity. Then Persia overthrows Babylon in 539 B.C. And 
and Greece through Alexander the Great conquers Persia, Alex the Great, and then Rome is the beast with iron teeth, and they overthrow these altogether. And the way what they do, they're the ones that scatter Israel. When you see the word scatter, I've got a paper here. Every time the word scattered, scatter, scattered, scattereth. Scatter is what the beast does to Israel. Comes in in 586 B.C., crushes Israel, burns the town, plows, up, plows it through, burns the temple, carries all the vessels of the house of the Lord over to Babylon, and then they're overthrown and Israel is passed from nation to nation until until June 5th through June 10th, 1967. They become a nation May 14th, 1948, but they don't subdue May 14th, 48, but they don't subdue the Jordanians and overthrow the foreigners controlling Jerusalem until that six-day war of 1967. And the Bible says concerning this, that the Jews will fall by the edge of the sword. They'll be led away captive. When it says led away captive, that into all nations, led away captive is the beast scattering Israel and leading them captive. Lead captive into all nations until the time of the Gentile rule over Jerusalem is fulfilled. But what precedes the very end of time is the famine the pestilence and the sword. Wars and rumors of wars in Matthew 24 is another way of saying the sword. And Al-Qaeda and ISIS and Hamas and all those terrorists, that's the same thing as saying the sword. And what in diseases, when it comes and it causes people to rush to the store and empty the shelves, that's called famine and pestilence. You get a disease throughout the world and people say, we've got to do something about this. I don't think they can do anything. Well, I know they can't according to the God's judgment. The coronavirus is here for the duration. If it's not coronavirus, believe me, it will be something else. You get mad at me, they can send me cease and desist order, but I'm sorry, but this is the truth. This is God dealing with his people and with the world. The world is not telling truth. The Catholics don't tell truth. They say you got to eat the body and the blood of Christ. Except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. It's not eating literal flesh and drinking literal blood. That was against Jewish law to do that. That was an idiom. It was a saying. Eat flesh and drink blood meant to eat and drink in a slaughter. And we are lambs to the slaughter. Jesus said, my flesh is meat indeed, my blood is drink indeed. Indeed is the word alethes. A-L-E-T-H-E-S. And it means... Of truth. 
So when you eat and drink of truth, you've got it in your heart and it comes out your mouth and people cause you to be slaughtered for it as a lamb. We're lambs to the slaughter daily. Now, I've got, I've got this paper with all these and I've got marked on it a lot of the places that I like to read about God scattering Israel. And he tells them, I'll scatter you. He says in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, when you go down to the end of the chapter, verse 64, verse 64, 64. Now they haven't even come into the land yet. And he tells them, gosh, I can't get to all this. He says in verse 64, And the Lord shall scatter you among all the people from the end of the earth, even to the other, and there shalt, there sh thou shalt serve other gods. You've got to understand when he said this, they haven't even come in and possessed the land and started going after the sun and the tree god, Bell in the Grove. What that's about, the reason that for the coronavirus is that Israel went after Christmas under another name in the ancient world. Now, the reason I'm saying this, I saw something on TV. Christmas was Bell in the Grove worship. It's Roman Catholicism. It is the Christ Mass. Bell and Grove. I saw on TV, on a, I think it was on the evening news with Lester Holt. He always does an interesting thing on the end of his, of his uh, I like him as a reporter, but he, he brought out, there were some people up north. They said, this coronavirus has got us all depressed and we need to do something to cheer ourselves up. And they did the funniest thing. They all started decorating their houses with Christmas lights. I thought, that's in the face of God. That's what God scattered Israel for because they were going after Baal in the grove. So they're saying, let's raise up Bell in the Grove lights to cheer us all up. Is that crazy? That's nuts. So we can be cheered up with all this coronavirus all over the world. We can have Christ mass lights up. I thought that was funny. I just want to sit there and laugh and think, you people don't even know what you're doing. God deliver us. Now, I've got, I've got this paper. I ought to have a bunch of them made up. I got this out of my concordance. It's got scatter, scattereth. All about, let me give you the four judgments of God. Turn over to Ezekiel. Now, wait a minute. I've got to finish this in 28th chapter. In the 28th chapter, uh, Uh, where can I go to here? He says here, if you're not obedient to God, your enemies will come in and carry you away. Now he's telling them this before they get into the land of Israel, before they possess the land. Deuteronomy is right before them possessing the land and crossing the river. 
Verse 49 says, The Lord shall bring a nation against thee if you're disobedient to me. Oh, who's that? Babylon. From far and from the end of the earth, and as swift as an eagle flieth a nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. Laeg is the word. It's a stammering tongue in Isaiah 28, 11. And a nation of fierce countenance. He's telling them what's going to happen before they ever get into the land and before they ever go after Bell in the Grove, which was Christmas under another name. A nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old, nor show favor to the young. He's telling them what Nebuchadnezzar is going to do to them. He's going to kill the young. He's going to rip the bellies of the pregnant women open and dash their babies' brains out there, according to Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews, Hosea, the 13th chapter, the last two verses. And he shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land until thou be destroyed. He's talking about Nebuchadnezzar in the future. And they haven't even gone after their sin yet. Which also shall leave thee either corn nor wine nor oil nor increase of kind or flocks of thy sheep until he has destroyed you Israel because you're not going what do you think he's going to do to America to these charismatics to these Baptists to these Pentecostals to these Presbyterians to these these people that don't believe in a daily cross death to self and self denial and being hated by the world Jesus said, if the world hated me, it will hate you. You have to be reproached. You can't be a famous singer, a famous ball player. Or There's a man that is very famous. His name's Tom Brady. Had six Super Bowl championships with the Patriots. He's been a winner all of his life. He's six foot four. He looks like a movie star and has got a star and got a gorgeous wife. And he is a Roman Catholic. He believes in eating the body of Jesus to go to heaven. The Bible says, Woe to you and all men speak well of you. If you're Tom Brady, there's a cry of damnation against you. And he was up for grabs for all the football teams in America because He's on free agency, his contract run out, and he took a contract with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and boy, he asked for the moon. He's considered the greatest quarterback that ever lived. How can you be that popular and love God? Friends with the world are enemies of God. Friendship with the world is enmity against God. Enmity actra means hostile. I don't believe Tom Brady has a chance of going to heaven unless God breaks his neck and makes him a quadriplegic in one of them football games. And this is what God will do to you in verse 52. He shall besiege thee, put you in a siege in all thy gates. That has an exact meaning. That means, that means God will cause your enemies to come against you a siege wasn't merely an attack. A siege was when they would come against a city, they would block all the roads into the city. 
They would cut off all the waterways, all the water courses, all the aqueducts, and they built aqueducts back then to bring water into the city, and they would make the city sat there until the people started dying and they would start eating their children. God said, I'll make you eat your children. He said, I'll make you eat your own dung and drink your own urine. You'll be so thirsty and so hungry. You see, I wouldn't do that. We ain't never been without food for eight or ten weeks either. How much time have I had here, Mike? Forty-eight. I'm going to go on with this because there's so much on this. Thou shalt eat the fruit of thy own body in verse 53. Here's another place where you eat your own children. The flesh of thy sons and thy daughters, you're going to eat them. In fact, when you look at Lamentations, this tell you what God did to Israel because they didn't obey his words. These charismatics don't obey the word of God. The Baptists are not obeying. The Baptist church was founding on the, founded on the doctrines of predestination. Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth was founded by B.H. Carroll, one of the most famous Baptists of the 1800s. Founded it on the sovereignty of God and predestination, and you can't find predestination within 100 miles of Southwestern now. Southern Seminary in Louisville, another huge Southern Baptist Seminary, was founded on the same doctrines, and it's not there. Not in its reality and what it means. Where did I say I was going? Well, I forgot. Let's get back to... Let's get, you'll eat your own the fruit of your own body. Look here in Lamentations. Lamentations. This Lamentations is after they were carried away, after they were in the siege. I love these verses in Lamentations. Lamentations is Jeremiah lamenting against Israel being carried away after Nebuchadnezzar carried them off. Look here in Lamentations. It's one of the sad books of the Bible. Jeremiah's over here in the land with the Israelites. He's over here in in Jerusalem that has been burnt to the ground and Israel's been carried into Babylon 650 miles away or so. In Lamentations, in chapter... Uh, let me see here. Where do I want to go? In chapter 4, it's talking about what Nebuchadnezzar did when he came in and slaughtered Israel. Uh, let me see. It tells you the attitude of the people. Verse 7, chapter 4. Her Nazarites were purer than snow. They were whiter than milk. They were more ruddy in body than rubies, and their polishing was of sapphire. Their visage is blacker than coal since Nebuchadnezzar come in. What they look like. They are not known in the streets. Their skin cleaveth to their bones. It is withered. It has become like a stick. 
They that be slain with the sword are better than they that be slain with hunger. It's better off to be killed than have to die slowly of hunger. For these pine away stricken for want of the fruits of the field. The hands of the pitiful women have sodden their own children. Sodden is the word bashal. It means boiled them. B-A-S-H-A-L. Bashal. Means to boil. They boiled their children after they died of starvation. And then they ate them. You want to see a literal happening where that happened, look at where, where the king of Syria, Ben-Hadad, attacks Israel when the son of Ahab is the king. And he's and he gets mad because Elisha is pronouncing this upon Israel and two women are arguing over eating their children. And he says, The hands of the pitiful have sodden, Bashal, boiled their children. It means to be made done in cooking. They cooked their children, their own children, and they were their meat in the destruction of the daughter of my people. Daughter of my people means Jerusalem. The Lord has accomplished his fury. He's accomplishing his fury with coronavirus. He's accomplishing it. This is... We're not trying to run away from God. I'm trying to be as safe as I can by ceasing the gathering on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. And I'm going to tell all the people of grace and truth, watch us on the Internet. And if you need more DVDs, we'll mail them to you free of charge. They're free. The Lord hath accomplished his fury. He hath poured out his fierce anger and hath kindled a fire in Zion. God did the kindling. And hath devoured the foundations thereof. It's just, it's unbelievable, amazing what God did to Israel. And they just ignored him. Uh, Let me see if there's anything else here I want to. Look over here in chapter 2 of of. Lamentations. This is God is saying here in chapter 20, uh, chapter 2, verse 20. Behold, O Lord, and consider to whom thou hast done this. He's talking about God crushing Israel, scattering and killing millions in the street. Shall the women eat their own fruit and children of a span long? That word span, tupac, tipuk, excuse me, T-I-P-P-U-C-H. It means nursing. Shall the women eat their nursing children of a span long? Shall the priest and the prophet be slain in the sanctuary of the Lord. The young and the old lie on the ground in the streets. They're dead. God says, I will not pity. You had no pity for my name. I'll kill your kids and I'll kill you. 
when you disobey my word, when you make up some other doctrine like the charismatics do, what do we do? Do we kill them? No. We withdraw from them, have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rebuke them. Let me read the rest of this. And my virgins and my young men are as fallen by the sword. Thou hast slain them in a day of thine anger. Thou hast killed and not pitied. Thou shalt Thou hast called as in a solemn day my terrors round about. Jeremiah, you're calling my terrors to this nation so that in the day of the Lord's anger none escaped nor remained. Those that I have swaddled, Tapak, the dandling of the palms and nurses, the nurses swaddled them and brought up hath mine enemy consumed. Now, go back over here to Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, you're going to eat the fruit of your own body in verse 53. Are we sacrificing our children? Oh, you bet. With all this false doctrine, we're sacrificing them to drugs, to rap. All the drugs and the rap is, that is nothing but a pimple on the cancer, the melanoma that goes down to the soul. The melanoma is the preachers from the pulpits that lie. That's why God's doing all this. The charismatics don't know that they're part of coronavirus. The Baptists that preach accept Christ and sinner's prayer without any repentance, without any death to self, or daily cross or self-denial. They're part of this. You'll eat the fruit of your body, of your sons and your daughters, which the Lord thy God hath given thee in the siege and the straightness. That means when you're struggling with what to do. Wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee. Notice this is in the book of Deuteronomy, and it's aimed at God's people, Israel. He's not talking to pagans or heathens. So that the man is tender among you, very delicate, his eye shall be evil toward his brother, and toward the wife of his bosom, and toward the remnant of the children which he shall leave, so that he will not give any of them the flesh of his children whom he shall eat. Because he hath nothing left him in the siege, he's starving to death. He won't even share the body of his dead son with his wife. He's going to eat it. In the straightness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee, and all the gates, and the tender and delicate woman among you, which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness, her eye shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom, and toward her son, and toward her daughter, and toward her young one that cometh out from between her feet, the ones that she's given birth to, because she's starving and she's mad. And toward her young one that cometh out between her feet, and toward her children, 
which she shall bear, for she shall eat them. That's the judgment of God. Are you consuming your children? Are you consuming them and eating them alive when you preach these false doctrines? You bet your life you are. You're consuming your children. Same thing as eating them when you turn them to drugs because the preacher you take them to lies to them and preaches this mushy, smushy Jesus and their mother and father have no conviction and they see their mother and father drinking and cussing and then going to church and smiling and say, I love Jesus with all my heart. It's disgusting. Baptists disgust me and I was raised in a Baptist preacher home and I preached in hundreds of Baptist churches across America. I woke up one day and looked at him and said, you don't believe the truth? And they called themselves conservative Bible believers. And they weren't. They hated predestination. For one of all things, and secretly in the siege and the straightness wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in thy gates. If thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that was written in this book, that thou mayest fear the glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God. What do you got to do? You got to read the book and do it. You have to obey, be obedient to the faith. Jesus is going to come back in flaming fire, taking vengeance on all those that know not God and that obey not his truth. Paul told the Galatians, foolish, because they obeyed not the truth of God. If you don't have an interest in the Bible and the Word of God and obedience to His Word, you're headed downhill. I, I've never read all the rest of this. Let me read some more of this 28th chapter. This is talking about before they got into the land. They're not even a nation yet. They haven't gone after Bell in the Grove yet. The fire and tree worship system that was called the Christ Mass. They hadn't even gone after that yet. And he says, moreover, look here in verse 59. Then the Lord will make coronavirus wonderful among you. It says plagues. That is a plague. And the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues, and long continuance, and sore sickness, that's a coronavirus, and of long continuance, moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases Coronavirus is just one of them. I don't even know what to say. Start naming all it. You can get a hold of the CDC online. Center Disease Control. We thought Ebola was really bad, but the, somehow they corralled it. It killed you in a matter of half a day. We thought AIDS was devastating. There were no cure. And there practically wasn't, but they've got something that puts it in check to some degree. If it's not one thing, it's another. If it ain't one thing, it's another. That's an old country song. And God says, I'm not through with America and the world yet. Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt. They had ten plagues in Egypt. Flies. 
darkness. Darkness will be here because there's no light of truth. Also, every sickness and every plague, does that include coronavirus and AIDS and all the rest of them and Ebola? And what else is there to come? This is not going to stop and Jim Brown ain't causing it to happen. I'm not causing it. I'm just telling you what will happen. Why is it going to happen? God promised this because we ignore him. Also, every sickness, every plague, which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord. Who's going to bring upon them? The Lord. Who brings coronavirus? God does. Will the Lord bring upon thee until you are destroyed? America, the world, in 2020. The Bible says there's going to be great tribulation, such as was not from the beginning of the world, no, nor ever shall be, in that 24th chapter of Matthew. Matthew 24, read that with me. Matthew 24. I hope this is scaring you, because it's scary if you don't know God. But it's our hope when we know Him. 24. Look at verse 21. For then shall be great tribulation. It's talking about the end of time such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. That's what we're headed to, is the worst tribulation that's ever existed. All kinds of diseases. You want to get something really shocking, go online and look up CDC, Center of Disease Control in Atlanta. And ask them, just ask online, how many diseases do we have in the world that have no cure? And they're going to tell you dozens and dozens. And look at verse 22. And except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened so that Jesus will have somebody to come back to and change their bodies to meet him in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. All this that's happening with this virus is just one of many things that's going to happen. It's one of many things that has happened. It don't matter whether people believe that or not. If you believe the Bible's true, that's exactly true. I hope people will watch this and I hope it scares you because if it's, it's very frightening to see what's coming up on the world. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 28. Do I have any time, Mike? 26. 26. I may as well go ahead and finish this. And look at verse... Well, let's read 61 again. And every sickness and every plague which is not written in the book of the law, them will the Lord bring upon thee until you're destroyed, Israel. And ye shall be left few in number. God, that's what we just said. 
except if those days will have to be shortened so that a few of God's people will be still here so that we were to alive and remain unto the coming. The word remain is amazing. Perilipa, you remember that? First Thessalonians, the fourth chapter, P-E-R-I. This is the word remain. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and we which are alive and remain survive is the word what are we going to survive Ebola Corona and anything else that God sends upon this world we which are alive and survive under the coming of the Lord shall not go before those that are asleep For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And that word shout, kaluo, means a war cry. That's not a silent coming. Right in the middle of all of this corona and all of this Ebola and all of this AIDS and anything else that he brings and starts killing off the believers, but we we get to go be with the Lord. And if there's anybody surviving all of this sword, famine, pestilence, and the beast, you may not survive. I may not survive. And it doesn't matter to be absent with the bodies, to be present with the Lord. I don't know why people want to be healed and live here forever, the Charismatics and the Pentecostals. I feel like Paul. I have a desire to be with Christ which is better than this world. This is a crazy world. I go through sad states. I get real sad. I get depressed. But I'm supposed to be depressed, and so are you if you're a believer. Because when you listen to all of this prophecy of the Bible and God saying what he's going to do, Jesus was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we're predestined to be like him or his image, predestined to be conformed to his image, his icon, his likeness. So we have to be men of sorrows and acquainted with grief when we realize all of this disease in the world and this sword and this famine and this pestilence is from God. And we long to be with Christ, which is better than this. But the only reason I want to stay here, like Paul said, is for you, for the believers. I I wouldn't regret going, but the reason I don't want to get the virus with all my ailments, my heart disease and my respiratory problems, I, I don't want to. Die. I don't mind being dead. <laughs> People think, "What do you mean, all right? Well, to be dead is to be present with the Lord, and I really believe that's better than this. Really believe that." And I'm wanting to go be to be in his presence. But I've got a commission here. I've got an administration here. I've got a dispensation, which means an administration. i got it here. And i got something to do here. And I want to be here for the church, for my family, and to strengthen them and make them strong in the Lord and in truth. I... I would really like to see my family get a hold of this. My mother and father are dead. My older brother's dead. I got a sister and a younger brother. I don't believe Dean will ever believe anything. 
but I like for Janice and Jerry to believe these truths. I'm not mad at anybody. I was accused of being angry for years. I'm not angry at anybody. I'm very sad because I'm preaching and people, there's only few who are going to hear this truth. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and only a few will find it. That word narrow is the basic same word as tribulation. The way is tribulation way. We're going to have to walk through the same sword, famine, and pestilence and the beast that the unbelievers in, but we got a hope in Christ, and it doesn't matter who destroys our body. It only matters about him that could destroy both soul and body in hell. Let's get back over here to... Back to Deuteronomy 28, verse 63. And it shall come to pass that as the Lord rejoiced over you to do good and to multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you. <laughs> That's something, isn't it? What's he going to do when he destroys them? He's going to put them over here in Babylon? till the land enjoys its Sabbath. The main reason they went after other gods, they didn't want to keep their sabbatical years. Every seven years, they had to let the land lie fallow. And they couldn't plant or harvest anything. They said, we'll get us another god, Baal or Gove or somebody, that'll let us plant every year. And they didn't want to do that. And he'll put them over here in Babylon for 70 years, and then he'll call them back. And then if they don't hear, he'll measure out those 70 sabbatical years. Every seven years they had one, 490 years, and that's the 70 weeks of Daniel. All this that's going on is God's judgment for what his people have done. And that's why he turned to the Gentile church and called them instead of Israel. And we are spiritualists. Look at verse 64. Verse 64 is talking about the beast. And the Lord shall scatter you when he gets into the mind of Nebuchadnezzar and says, Go carry this people and destroy them and burn their city and tear the walls down, burn everything in the city, plow it up and sow salt there so nothing will grow there. And carry Israel off to Babylon. And he did that in the 25th chapter of 2 Kings, the 36th chapter of 2 Chronicles, he carried them all away. Over what? False doctrine, lying teachers. The Bible says we're to separate from those people, those teachers that preach these things. Let's read the rest of this chapter. The Lord shall scatter thee among all the people from one end of the earth, even unto the other. That's the beast, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome. That's just another way of saying the beast. And there thou shalt serve other gods. When you get into Babylon, you'll take on their gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known even of wood and stone. You can see the tree goddess there in Jeremiah the 10th chapter. That's made of stone and wood. You can see it in the 44th chapter of Isaiah. And among these nations shalt thou find no ease. Nothing will be okay when I scatter you. 
neither shall the sole of thy foot have rest, but the Lord shall give thee there a trembling heart and failing of eyes and sorrow of mind, and thy life shall hang in doubt before thee. Well, if you think you're discouraged, how would you like to be carried away into Babylon? When you got there, you didn't have a house. You didn't have a bed to sleep in. You didn't have any food. You didn't have an Ark of the Covenant. You had no God, no law. That's why Jeremiah wrote the book of Lamentations. And thou shalt fear day and night, and shalt have none assurance of thy life. In the morning thou shalt say, would God it were evening, I hate to face the day. That's what he's saying. And at evening thou shalt say, Would to God it were morning, I hate to face the night. For the fear of thine heart, wherewith thou shalt fear, and for the sight of thine eyes, which thou shalt see, the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again, with ships by the way whereof I spake unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again, and there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwoman, and no man shall buy you, and you'll just be a permanent slave. That's the judgment of God. That's what this is about up here. All the false doctrine that's going on in America, I don't hear anybody teaching daily cross, death to self, self-denial, suffering for righteousness' sake, and being hated by the world. These famous preachers, how can they be preachers of the gospel of truth? They preach another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel that Paul said preachers that were coming to Corinth were preaching. I'm just astounded at the world preaching what they're preaching. I can give, I have given DVDs to some gospel singers that I know here in town and they're charismatics and they follow those charismatic doctrine and they, when they see me they run away from me because they don't want the truth. You want to know what the what the coronavirus is about, I'll tell you. But you're not going to like it if you have no repentance in your heart. Most of the world is going to hell when they die. Wide is the gate, broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be that go in there. Only few are going into the narrow way. And since there are only few, most of the people you talk to out in public are not believers. It's... That's why we're so sad. Y'all get sad. I get sad. You're supposed to. Do I have any time, Mike? Fourteen. Fourteen. The false doctrine is coming from the churches, from the preachers. The Bible says that we are not to fellowship with them we're to call them down and rebuke them. Are we to get angry at them? No. God made them that way. He made them into vessels of wrath, and they're fitted to destruction. And they've crept into the churches. They've crept in unawares, like Jude says. And they sit down beside us, and they are 
spots on the love feast. When you find these preachers out here, Jesse Duplantis, Kenneth Copeland, Fred Price, Creflo Dollar, T.D. Jakes, Joyce Myers, what an imbecile. I, I, they, all they do is preach feel-good doctrines. And you can't do that and belong to God. You have to preach something that's hard enough to anger the people that you're talking to. You don't have to, you don't have to be abrasive and cutting. Just tell them the Bible says that predestination is true and for whom he did for no, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the truth whether you believe it or not. All you got to do is tell them Christmas is Christ's mass. It's paganism. I've told the story. If I could figure out that Christmas was pagan when I was 12 years old, you would think that some of these intelligent preachers, supposed to be intelligent, could figure it out. I lived in Fort Worth, Texas when I was 12. This was 1951. I was born in 1939. And we lived a simple life. My father was a country, I call him a country Baptist preacher because he'd always preach in little schoolhouses out in the country or some little bitty church over here. And he wasn't a learned man. He liked to believe he was, but he wasn't. He went to the seventh grade and quit school. Nothing wrong with that if you have to work. He was raised during the Depression as a... Well, he's born in 1914, so during the Depression, he would have been 12, 13, 14, 15, around there. And he didn't know much. I've wondered where he got what he knew about the Bible. His father was a circuit-riding Methodist preacher. Circuit-riding circuit riding preacher was a preacher that would preach in this town at this church. He'd ride over the next week and preach in this town in this church. And ride over here and preach in this town at this church. And they called him circuit riders. And he was a simple countryman, what I understand. I never met him because he died three years before I was born. And died in 1936. And my father would just supposedly got saved I hate that term because saved sozo means to be taken from one point all the way to another point. It's not something you get one night. And my father started uh, buying a, he bought a tent and put it upon lots and it'd have revivals. In 1949 and 50, there was nothing else to do. There was no TV. Even if you had one, which he bought one in 1951 because he had heard about them, and uh, what we did, listen to the radio. We'd listen to Fibber McGee and Molly, our Mr. Disc Attorney, our Gangbusters. And that those were the big radio shows back in the 40s. We'd sit around in the little bitty living room we had with our ear up to the radio. And they'd say, it's Gangbusters. And you'd hear sirens going off and all this stuff. And uh, he went out and bought a TV. We'd heard about him. I knew one guy, his father bought one down the street. 
and Daddy went out and bought an eight-inch screen, about like that. It's a big box, about like this, and had rabbit ears. And all we got was two stations. We got NBC and CBS. There was no cable or nothing else. We'd watch everything. We'd watch Howdy Doody, and we'd watch I Love Lucy on Tuesday nights. We'd watch wrestling on Monday nights. And we'd watch the Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve. And as a little boy, I'm sitting there. I can take you to the house, take you right to the spot where our couch sat at 3307 Grover Street in Fort Worth. And I can show you exactly where I was sitting, watching the TV and watching the Pope do the Midnight Mass. And me with my little analytical mind like I always have, I didn't know that I was analyzing, but I always was. And I'm sitting there saying, is this the mass of Roman Catholicism? It's Christmas Eve, and there's Christ's mass on there. And that's exactly what it says in any dictionary encyclopedia. You look up Christmas, it'll say Christ's mass. Christus, C-H-R-I-S-T-E-S-M-A-S-S-E. Christus mass, and it is the mass of Roman Catholicism. That's the focal point of all Roman Catholics. I'm sitting there thinking. I thought about Miss Underwood in my third grade teacher when I lived out in the Poly area. And I remember one time her standing up and saying, the Christmas tree comes from the maple tree in Russia and in those Soviet countries. And I thought, what? And it was from the same source. It was paganism out of the ancient world and I'm sitting there using that as my only source and my father had been going to some Baptist church to hear the conversion of a former Roman Catholic priest and I had heard that Roman Catholicism was wicked and that's all I knew that it was evil so I'm sitting there saying is this Christ's mass is it Roman Catholicism and all of a sudden it occurred to me that Santa Claus was another name for St. Nicholas. And I got to thinking, I think St. Nicholas from somewhere, I heard this, was a Roman Catholic priest or something like that. And as I studied later on, I found out he was a 4th century Roman Catholic bishop. And out of the 4th century, he was the Bishop of Myra, and it was said that he gave toys to children. Some of the writers say they believe he was a pedophile trying to seduce little children. And I'm sitting there hitting the nail on the head at 12 years old and Baptist preachers and Pentecostal preachers and Presbyterian preachers cannot see that this is Christ's Mass. And I figured that out sitting on that couch when I was 12 years old in Fort Worth. Why is it they can't figure it out? And I push it back in the back of my mind. And then my father had just started preaching in 1949, about two years earlier. And 
he was always going out and organizing some little bitty tiny church with 15 people, three widow ladies, and about eight or ten kids. And we never had many people because he'd always get mad at them and start fights with them. And uh, he was like a, a tyrant and a bully. And I didn't know what to do with this Christmas thing until he started coming to us, or my mother started coming to us. He would put everything he could make running some route, truck route, into some little church. And Mama would come and say, kids, there won't be any Christmas. Your daddy don't have any money. And I would be saying, this is crazy. And I always had paper routes and worked in grocery stores. I could make my own money. I bought my own shoes and my own Levi's and my own socks and underwear and shirts. And it didn't bother me that I didn't have any gifts from Christmas. What bothered me was that it oppressed the poor. And we were poor, and I couldn't be a part of it. Now, there's something wrong with that. Whether you understand that or not, you had been there. Thank God for understanding that Christmas is the bell in the grove worship of Israel and Constantine brought it in the church and Pope Jews the first gave Christ Mass its pagan name. I preach on all of that and those of you that are here know that. I am really tired of this world. I'm tired of the false doctrine and this virus, coronavirus, it's part of God's judgment. It's the pestilence. It's the disease. God says, Therefore will I make the world sick in smiting thee because of thy sins. Micah 6.13 Well, I'm going to come back next week, do another one of these. I may go further into this sword, famine, pestilence. Y'all hear me say that all the time. If you open up your... If you open up your concordance to scatter, you're going to get all of these verses on scatter. And it's about, and then you're going to get all of these verses on famine all through here. Famine. Looks like about several hundred of them here. And then this is out of concordance. And this is all on the beast, all here. And then you got. All of this here on, uh, uh, where is it? Pestilence. You got all this on remove, where God says, I'll remove you to all the, all the nations of the world. And you got pestilence here. And you got famine. You got sword, famine, pestilence. You got it all through your concordance. And that's what God is doing to America with the coronavirus. Whether anybody likes it or not, every, he works all things out to the counsel of his own will. And he says, I will bring all this upon you, and it will be at the hands of evil men. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Thank God for truth. Lord, thank you for these truths. Because it's cut into people's hearts. Cause the believers to wake up to what this is about. 
The world will never understand it, Lord. Thank you for your words. Fight our battles. We'll give you praise for everything. In Christ's name we pray, amen.